we are going to go to an Oxford style debate. Again, this is going to be Oxford style. And um, our moderator for this debate is going to be Ian Anderson. You're going to not hear from me for a little bit. I know you'll miss me. I'll miss you too. He's the co-founder and executive chairman of Citro Group. And um, the two debaters are going to be Ben Morell, the founding partner of Briga. I've interviewed Briga before. Fun guys. And Yoram Wingard. He's the founder of DealRoom.co. Order, order. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have an Oxford-style uh, debate. And uh, tonight's motion uh, is this, um, that the current fundraising fest is coming to an end. Well, look, with numbers out this morning suggesting that um, there's been more BC money raised for fintech in the first six months of this year than we have ever seen before, and a heck of a lot of it being raised uh, for ventures here um, in uh, the UK, this is going to be maybe quite a hard uh, motion to oppose. But look, look let's see. As, uh, um, uh, as you can see from the bill, we've got two great speakers. We've got Ben uh, Morell. Ben is founding partner of uh, Brega. Um, he, it's a, it's a founder-friendly European uh, VC. I'll let him uh, make his own pitch about his own business as he, as he proposes the motion. And we've got Joram yeah, uh, van Gardi from from Deal Room, who's put out some of those interesting uh, numbers this morning. Hi, guys. It's great to see you uh, both uh, on board. Um, in the style that uh, we've got used to this afternoon, we're going to be uh, three minutes uh, each. Um, and look, pose your questions. Stand up from the virtual floor, uh, if you like. Um, and if you can pop that into the chat. Um, otherwise, uh, frankly, it'll just be the three of us. Um, and there's lots of us on board. So. Uh, as uh, Ben and Yoram are laying out their arguments uh, to you, can you um, pop your questions into the chat and we'll try and at least uh, create the flavour of uh, the uh, Oxford uh, Union. And right at the end, um, I will ask the lobbies to be cleared, virtually at least, um, and we'll have a virtual vote uh, just before 5.30, before Yal brings the um, uh, judging uh, the the judging panel uh, back. So, look. Without any more ado, uh, it's over to Ben Merrill. Uh, ben uh, to propose the motion that the current fundraising fest is coming to an end. Ben, obviously. <laughs> so, look, guys. I'm not going to dig my own grave, uh, but uh, you know. I I'm one of the partners at Briga, early stage investors, and you know, Briga is a founder's fund. So I've been on both sides of the table. I know what it means to raise money. I know what it means to invest money. And yes, the fundraising fest is coming to an end in terms of what it looks like today. So obviously the numbers are great. It's growing. We've been catching up with the US and you know, the US, if you look at the numbers, kind of investing around 0.75% of their GDP into tech. And you know, back a few years back, Europe was like 10 times less than that, right? So we've been catching up. But the major issue here is that these days we see increasing valuation all over the place. We see these crazy seed rounds and crazy series A of, you know, in the tens or hundreds. Um, but if you want a, a, a fruitful ecosystem overall, it's not about the, the money the uh, startups are raising today. It's about how much 
the uh, VC can raise ultimately because to have great founders, you need great VCs and vice versa. So the real North Star for an ecosystem should be how much the VCs are raising and for VC to raise, they need to make money out of it. Otherwise, LP will disappear like back in the 2000s. So the big question is, can VC make money when they're paying US prices in Europe? Because that's what we're seeing today. And to be fair with everyone around the table, just look at the number, just look at what's been happening lately. The average exit of a VC-backed company in Europe is three times less that what we see in the US. So can you imagine paying your entry price at US prices, exiting three times less? It doesn't look like an amazing equation for VCs and ultimately the ecosystem to thrive. Um, there are solutions to that. And I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna give any solution to your arm. So, you know, happy to discuss that later on in the Q&A session. Um, but as of now, look at the facts and the facts tell you that this is not sustainable. So amount of money may stay there, valuation to be questioned. And obviously, you know, we don't have a NASDAQ in Europe yet. Uh, it's hard enough to convince a, a German investor to invest in a Spanish company or a British one into an Italian company. So there are, there are things to be built, but uh, yeah, it is probably not sustainable uh, if we want to be able to maintain the ecosystem longer term. And look at the recent valuations and recent IPOs. I mean, the number of IPOs in Europe to the US is much lesser. Um, you know, we are talking, you know, three times less IPO than in the US. And you know the number of over a billion valuation uh, uh, IPO in Europe is is minimal, right? So um, even Deliveroo didn't have an amazing you know going. So uh, yes, you see startups that manage to build tech in Europe and sell it into the US and then you know go into the uh, to the Nasdaq, which is one way. But the vast majority are stuck here in Europe and fighting against the odds uh, about their exit. So overall, I would say that yes, the first will be over. Ben, thank you very much indeed. Um, pretty much on your three minutes um, as well. You know how to do this pitching thing. Um, so look, for the opposition uh, tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, Joram from Dilrum. Joram. Yeah, hi. Thanks, Ian. Uh, and, uh, and thanks, Ben. I think that was, that was a fascinating argument. Uh, but I'm going to take the, the other side of that. Um, I think it's, it's, of course, very easy to, uh, to say, oh, well, you know, look at these numbers, it's crazy. And as you said, like so far this year, uh, more has been invested than in any full year uh, before. Um, you hear VCs getting very worried about valuations. Everybody's wondering, is there a bubble? Um, I think, however, to make sense of what's happening now, I really like the, the framing of uh, the entrepreneurial age, which is not my idea, but uh, Nicolas Collin wrote about it, um, and also the founder of AngelList. So what, what does the entrepreneurial age mean? <clears throat> I, I see it as having four pillars. So one is transition to a digital economy. So right now, 80% of the population is online. Uh, consumers are expecting their services to be online. And also because of technology, uh, it became much easier to launch and scale a company and to distribute it globally. And because of that, you see also now a rise of startups everywhere. And startups have become the vehicle of choice for, for any kind of innovation. 
So we're not just talking about um, startups as a, as a kind of separate way of life. This is the new way to do business. Um, and so I, I predict that, that almost every major business in the next 10, 15 years is going to be completely disrupted by a group of, uh, of startups. And so if you look at it that way, tech is basically uh, a hedge against everything. It's a hedge against political risk. It's a hedge against environmental risk. Software is going to, uh, is already um, kind of permeating everything. Uh, and, it's, and it's the safest way to invest in, in, uh, in the economic future. Um, and I think that talent has also seen that. So the best talent is now flocking to startups. Uh, they don't want to work in consulting anymore or in banking. They want to, to, to launch their own business or at least be part of a startup. That's like a huge change. And in response to that, there has been an abundance now of capital. And sure, like low interest rates have definitely helped, but that's not the, the underlying driver. Um, and, and so you'll, you'll just see more and more innovation. On top of that, you see that governments, and that's the fourth pillar, governments have realized <clears throat> that almost all job growth is coming from new business formation and especially from startups. So they are now fully behind this as well. So that's like, again, another catalyst on top of that. So in short, uh, I think this is a train that, that's unstoppable. There will be bumps along the way, but no, the fest is not over. An unstoppable train. Um, thank you very, very much indeed. So I've got one or two thoughts coming in on the chat. Keep them um, uh, coming, uh, but just to sort of provoke um, our, our um, uh, conversation. Um, look, I've got to start with you, Joram, in, in, in a way, because um, um, Ben maybe had a harder deal. Uh, I'll come to him in a minute. Um, it's a bubble, though, isn't it? What, why? I mean, why? Why is this not a bubble? Yeah. Why is it not a bubble? I think a bubble happens. The definition of a bubble is people just investing because they think the price of an asset will go up, and they've completely let go of the fundamentals. And that's not the case here. Overall, what I see is that people pay very close attention to, to the unit economics of a business. They, they do wonder, can this business become profitable? They are willing to um, uh, you know, um, take a long-term view. Like if you look also what's happening in the grocery delivery business, they, people accept bad unit economics and they're willing to dream and look like five years ahead. But that's, uh, that's also the nature of venture capital. You have to be a little bit crazy because every now and then it works out. And when it does, it works out massively. So it's, it's still financially, financially rational. Uh, ben, look, I mean, you're kind of pointing us to um, the fact that we're, we're going to move to something different in your view um, from, from where we are. Can you, can you just flesh that out a bit more for us? What do you mean by that? in terms of how the kind of dynamics um, are going to change in, in, in your mind? Yes. Well, look, where I would defer with, with your arm is, you know, uh, around speculation. You know, I've heard these days a bunch of, you know, business angels and even seed funds saying, well, you know, I'm happy to pay that price because I will exit at Series B or C on secondary, right? So, I mean, people don't, don't you know, really think that much of, of the overall valuation. And this is 
as I said, you know, dangerous for the VC landscape, but it's dangerous for the, the, the founders themselves, ultimately. Um, so I think where things may evolve, like in any market, you know, there's, there's not such a thing as a, that the perfect market. So I think, you know, things will adapt a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, the, uh, the uh, IPO market in Europe will, will increase. I mean, we've started seeing a lot of acquisitions by US players, maybe Chinese and, and Indian and Brazilian players may come over and be like, hey, we're going to acquire this, this uh, company here to be present in Europe all of a sudden. So there are dynamics that, you know, going to make the, whole, the overall market change. Um, but the underlying rationale for big exits in the US, which is NASDAQ, doesn't exist here now, right? So uh, for those, as I said, for those companies that can have a US play, um, it makes sense. But, you know, how many European companies actually list in NASDAQ? It's very few. So uh, for the local players, the rationale should be a little bit different. Um, not the amount of funding particularly, maybe. That's why, you know, going back to the numbers, I think there still is some money available for tech. Um, but, you know, making people aware that um, it's not a gamble uh, and that uh, overall it needs to be aligned with the market forces that are around us. Okay, Joram, is, um, is something going to get in the way of market forces? Uh, Ben's talking about, um, you know, some of the, ge alluding to some of the geopolitics here, um, you know, barriers have been going up um, uh, in, not necessarily in the tech space, but in other sectors. Do you think we've got a lot of political risk here that might choke off some investment from west to east and east to west. Yeah, I think actually so far China has has been a victim of that, uh, and and to some extent Europe has benefited from it. So some of the investment from the U.S. into China has been kind of redirected to Europe. Um, yeah, is it a risk? Yeah, this is this is this is always a risk. Yeah. Ben, what's the what's the sector missing right now? Um, again, back to the, your point of your argument around dynamics here. What is the sector not seeing um, in terms of fundraising? Well, I think it comes down to the uh, to the, uh, the the end game. I think. I think you know, um, as a founder myself, you know, I, I talk to to founders about. You know their equity story, and it's just not a you know a phrase you put out there and 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 you try to sneak into negotiate terms or whatever. It's just that you know what's the best outcome for your company. And you know I've seen so many people who raised um, their Series B or Series C at valuations or rounds or terms that didn't make sense for the future because you know when you raise a you know three hundred mil, then all of a sudden people expect you to be a billion dollar company, right? And how many billion dollar companies do you do you create in Europe these days? More than more than ten years ago, for sure. But you know, can we get to the numbers of the U.S. meaning three or four times more in the in the next five years? That's to be debated because you need people to exit these businesses. And obviously, you know, European Nasdaq doesn't exist. And to the Chinese point, that's where I would disagree with Yoram. I think you know, Chinese, the Chinese economy and the tech economy had a different approach to to Europeans about you know the U.S. They actually created and isolated their own market. Um, so, you know, they created their own tech giants outside of the US world where we didn't. Um, they created liquidity 
in Nasdaq at the beginning, and now they're doing it in China. So it's a it's a different different play, different game. Go on, Yoram. Um, this is a debate. Keep disagreeing with them. It's true that yeah, China has had a different model, and they've created these beasts um, that are very successful companies and very valuable companies. But if you look at what's happening at the early stage, I don't think it's a healthy ecosystem. Um, and and like to 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 have a to have a strong ecosystem, you need competition. You need you need um, uh, you need like young new startups being uh, being ready to uh, to disrupt the older ones. And I think that's 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 at the moment missing in China. Okay, I'm going to put Ileana from Innovate um, Finance on on just on notice. We're going to vote in about two three minutes. So if you can just get the vote ready. Um, before I hand back to uh, Yael and uh, the wider debate. But Yael has actually posed a question. I knew she would in any case. Um, uh, she's saying, as a professional fundraiser, raising capital for corporate startups and charitable funds for NGOs, to me, the fundraising is never over. Uh, it's, uh, it's never over. It's always about the sell. Um, and that's what provides the narrative for the future in a high or low economy. So Ben, look, you know, I mean, you're being too gloomy. Um, the uh, it's never over. It's it's constant. <laughs> well, look. To be fair, as I said, you know, I didn't want to uh, to dig my own grave, and that was a hard one for me. But uh, uh, but you know, I had to play the game. So uh, you know, I played it fair. Um, I, yes, I think you know there is money available. I agree. I, as I said, I think um, you know talent in Europe is incredible. Um, you know, we we have to keep up with the numbers, and there's no reason why we shouldn't see zero seven five percent of the of the GDP uh, coming into into startups overall. So that's good news. Um, but yeah, to be fair, you know, exit numbers is a question and we need to work as Europeans to create that local NASDAQ to make sure that ultimately we can sustain the level of investment and above all valuations we are seeing. That's, that's key for the ecosystem to thrive because you want VCs to be able to raise money in five years down the line. Otherwise, then all of a sudden there's not going to be money left for, uh, for early stage companies. And your final word to you. Um... Why is this, I mean, you produced these numbers this morning that we can all read. Uh, why, why is this speeding up in, in, uh, in the first half of this year? It's been a really difficult uh, 80 months for everybody globally. What, why, why, why have things speeded up? Yeah, because software and technology has proven itself during the pandemic from, uh, you know, from, from vaccination production, delivery, uh, e-commerce uh, and 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 then fintech is is like providing the infrastructure to enable that. Uh, so that that's that's why it has accelerated. And and Ben has mentioned a few times exits and, and they're not being as good exit opportunities in Europe. I think that's a, in a way a lagging indicator. And you see now TransferWise, Adyen, others, uh, it's coming. You know, and and I, I do agree that there should be better public markets here and like more education of institutional investors uh, so we agree on that right on that um i've, I've clearly failed they're agreeing violently which is a bit of a disaster uh, for a debate but never mind uh, guys thank you ben and you're very much indeed right eliana are we able to am i able to say order order are you able to ah you are right so who won the debate 
uh, the proposition uh, that the current fundraising fest is coming to an end, otherwise known as Ben, uh, or the opposition, um, otherwise known as Yoram. Please vote now. Um, and um, I don't know how we lo long we give this until this pops up. Hopefully everyone's had a chance to vote. I'll just do a bit of uh, tap dancing until um, Eliana pops the result up on the screen, which I think probably we can do any time now, Eliana. If you haven't voted, you've lost your democratic um, opportunity. Ooh, Yoram, there you go. Um, I have to say Ben had a, ben had a slightly harder gig uh, but you both did incredibly well. Uh, let me hand back to thanking the guys and thank you to you. And let me hand back to you.